Hi guys, we're back again, and this time for our Idaho brews, uh, we have actually gone east from Edge Brewing to the west end of Boise, because that's where Clairvoyant Brewing is located. And with me, as well as Mr. Martin Askey, who's setting all this up, is Sean Pletcher, who is hey, the head brewer and brewmaster and dog, general dog's body over at Clairvoyant <laughs> Brewing. Hi, guys. <laughs> Hello. Hi, hi. How are you doing? So I got it right, right? Is You're in the West End District of Boise. Yes. Yeah, that, that's pretty well correct. We're just so, kind of right on that edge. Okay. Is that like the West End of London, which is quite ritzy and full of lots of people? No. <laughs> no oh. About the opposite. Yeah, yeah. In, it's on the, on the edge of a, a gentrification type of area right now where a lot of old buildings are being changed into breweries from old car shops, things of oh, that wow. nature. That's cool. So um, I see also that you have been working on your COVID hair just like me. I just want to you know, point that out to, to, to Mark, who, you know, his is fading, I know. But <laughs> got to save the pennies where you can, and that's what I'm all about. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, thanks very much for spending some time with us. And look at that. He took a sip out of a beer, which is what we're going to be talking about, because I received in my little care package from Mark this wonderful beer from Clairvoyant Brewing, which is handwritten. And apparently, you don't have this anymore on tap. This is your vanilla imperial stout coming in at 10.2%. Yes. So you, what have you got then if you don't have this? I've got the chocolate stout, which is not nearly as fancy as that one. But uh, I figured I needed to go at least it somewhere in the realm of that. Um, I believe Mark is drinking something as well here, but um, is that the chocolate stout? Yeah, it's barley wine. Oh, oh, you do barley wine? Oh, oh yeah. We haven't next. Had a, we haven't next had a time. Next yeah. time, all right. All right, good man. You very well may be the last person to have that though, so I'm very excited for you to try it. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Okay, so. No, no more uh, talking. I'm gonna. I've got my snifter glass. I'm gonna crack this open, and then we can talk a little bit about uh, clairvoyant brewing. So, oh, coming out quite nicely. Now it, it's pouring quite lightly brown. Uh, it's not a dark stout, right? No, no. It's definitely lighter in body, a little bit lighter in color. It's not not the typical motor oil type um, version that you might expect. Look at that. Came out good. Beautiful. Well, I can clang with myself. There we go. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. With a can. Cheers, guys. So the aroma I'm getting, roastiness. How much vanilla did you put in here? Uh, I did actually four uh, Madagascar vanilla beans, to be exact. I aged it for two years, and, or not sorry, two weeks. Sorry, oh, two wow. weeks, and then and then put it back into the keg. We only did one keg of that out of our entire setup. So uh, well. After the first sip, I can tell you, I got the vanilla coming in on the front end, and then it kind of went into the roastiness, and now it's settled down to a nice balance. A couple more sips. I'll have this down pat. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So, so tell us a little bit about Clairvoyant Brewing. And by the way, you knew we were going to do this, right? Because Yeah, yeah, I did. Yep, <laughs> yep. Mark came in and talked to me. I'm totally excited to talk to you guys. So it'll be well, no, great. Because um, you're clairvoyant, you see. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> apparently, apparently that didn't work for me. There we go. Thank <laughs> I'm, you. I'm a little behind the 
eight ball on that. But, uh, so tell, yeah, tell uh, us about Flavoyant. Tell us your history. Uh, well, it, it's been here for a little bit over four, well, coming up on four years. Um, I started roughly eight months into their, their process here. And uh, um, there's three owners. One's a chemist. Uh, one's a fisheries biologist. And uh, one is a uh, dentist. And so um, kind of like walk into a bar and talk to three guys. That's kind of what it is. But, but they all have full-time jobs. Um, yeah. This is their side passion. And so uh, I kind of keep things afloat here while they're, they're making money to keep things running around here. And how big a brewery is it? Uh, because I know there, the, well, the last count, I think, Mark, you said there was something like 27 breweries. Has it gone up? That was about 24, I think, right now yeah, when you count them all. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ours is a seven barrel system. Um, we're a little bit smaller than a lot of the guys around here. Um, most of our sales are taproom sales. We don't do a whole lot of uh, um, canning or bottling, things of that nature. But it's great because it's right on the edge of a, uh, a neighborhood. And so we get a lot of that, that neighborhood vibe that comes in. We also have a lot of people that come in from out of town because we're right off the freeway. Um, it's a really cool location, um, a really neat place. It was an old an old car shop. So we got roll-up doors, bay doors. People can come in and drink and uh, get that airflow through here. It's kind of a cool, cool setup for sure. Yeah, and a lot of these locals, they, the guys especially, they take the dogs out and sometimes take an hour and a half to walk the dog, okay? <laughs> So tell us what is uh, Claire, I mean, where did the name come from first? That's a very unusual name for a brewery. You know, that, that's a good question. I, I know the guys have talked it over for quite a while. Um, the irony of the situation is it took a little while for it to get up and running. So I don't necessarily know where the name came from, but I do know that they always joke about the fact that they weren't clairvoyant and the fact that it took so long to get it going and knowing what they were planning on doing to get it up and running, which is always kind of a running joke. Um, but but I really do dig the logo and everything we've done with it. Um, really running with with making it kind of our our you know what we're pushing for when when people recognize us. Our brand recognition um, is really that flame and, and getting people to to think about it in the back of their heads. I guess. Uh, so uh, what's your background in uh, in brewing? And don't tell me you were a home brewer. I was initially yes, but but uh, I did. Um, started up at a, a brewery called Slanted Rock out in Meridian, Idaho, which is west of here. Um, they were in business for roughly seven years. Um, and I started up with them as kind of an annoying guy that, that served on the taps and, and insisted that I clean their kegs and uh, wanted to clean up for them and, and try to get out of freight because I was working in a warehouse. And uh, at one point, the, the head brewer there asked me if I'd like to brew on their system. And uh, I absolutely did not turn it down. So I, I worked for him for a while, um, roughly two, three years brewing on their system. Um, unfortunately, they're not around anymore. Um, but it kind of gave me the, the, the work I needed to, to get into the industry. And, and uh, wasn't that far after that that Clairvoyant asked me if I'd like to be their head brewer, which I'm very glad that, that I have the opportunity to continue to do this because it's a great field. I, I love everything about about. Um, what I do and, and, and the industry as a whole. Um, I, uh, I think that you are the only brewer there because you recently had some guy leave, which means that you're doing double duty. How has the output and production changed during the last you know, nine months of our COVID 
uh, issue, <laughs> which hopefully it, it, is starting to get under control. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, I, I see an uptick in, in, in our sales, but at the same time, we had to slow down. We had to do roughly 50% of our tap room seating. So it slows it down and not doing distribution. You know, that slows it down a little bit as well. Um, but luckily with all of that being said, I've been able to continue to, to do roughly a brew a week and, and keep things running through. We still have our core, um, regulars that come in and like to drink and like the ambiance and getting out of the, the home, get some fresh air every once in a while. So luckily for us, it hasn't affected us too much. Um, the owners have done a very good job of making sure that we're not crazy in debt. And so we're riding the thing out and we're waiting for that, that summertime weather to get people out and start drinking in force again. <laughs> so, so tell us a little bit about uh, what the uh, beers are that are most popular out there, what, you're, what you like to brew, what you have to brew but don't like. Because <laughs> there's always one of those. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I honestly, uh, it, it's always amazing to me because it's, being on the, I guess you could consider us on the on the edge of the West Coast. Uh, IPAs, you have to have minimum one, but maybe two or three. There's no no way you can't have that. Yeah. Um, and I like my, I'm an IPA guy as well. But the thing that surprised me is is the amount of loggers that we're doing lately. It, it's been fun to see Pilsners, uh, Zwickel, um, really neat neat styles that that normally I wouldn't have expected people to like. But but um, we've been selling through. Like crazy, and and uh, uh, it's been a nice change up. Mexican lager, um, man, we've got some some great stuff that that isn't the normal IPA. So I've been enjoying doing that. Um, for me, I love brewing dark beers. I just love the smell of it. I love uh, coming in and dealing with the dark, roasting malts and things like that. But um, we don't quite do those as much as I would like to do. I guess um, got to have three IPAs or two IPAs on tap, and and. Uh, at least I've been enjoying enjoying doing those loggers, though. That's been extremely fun. Uh, yeah, I got I got a comment to make to, about that Mexican thing, Mexican lager. That's very popular here, and a lot of breweries here have it, and it's really big seller around here because it's even though it's light, and even but even in winter, people drink it. We went. Uh, we did a show. Our last full podcast was with a brewery called Sound Growler Brewery, um, and they. <clears throat> they have a Mexican lager that they call tequila hands and it has a nice kind of a lime um, under undertone, if you will. It's not limey like me. Um, it's not limey, but um, it is very nicely done. And they recently put that into a tequila barrel and aged it for about nine months. And uh, they won a bronze medal in the classic styles at, the last Fobab at home. Uh, you, you've heard of Fobab, I'm assuming, right? Sure. Barrel-aged beers. <laughs> yeah, so they won a bronze medal for it. So you're absolutely right, Mark. Mexican lagers can turn into something really nice, uh, and they're, they're very tasty to have um, a lot of the time. They're quite a change-up from uh, all those German pilsners and things. Yeah, I would say, Phil, that also like me as a German beer drinker, I have included that style to my favorite styles now. Yeah. Um, so talking about that, Mark, how has your involvement been with uh, Clairvoyant Brewing? Have you, uh, you know, helped... Uh, uh, 
Um, well, Phil, a little come bit. on, <laughs> come on, Phil, don't insult the brewery. You know they don't. Need, they can teach me everything. Uh, no, no, we always. I come here. We t we this we taste beers and we discuss the beers and how it came out. They always good, technically perfect. It it's just discussing how well it fits the style and maybe this and that. We always talk about it. Okay, they can do whatever they want with it, but yeah, but it's yeah. to me it's interesting that we can have this kind of relationship where we kind of evaluate the beers and constructive criticism and all that. So it it it's it's really good. So tell me about the beers you're drinking now. So you've got a barley wine, Mark. You've got a chocolate stout. How would you describe those? Who wants to go first? Go first, you. Go, go first, first yeah. Um, this is certainly lighter, obviously, in body as well as, as um, in alcohol uh, to the Russian Imperial. But but I do think it has a nice balance to it. Um, the first version, I would say, was a little bit too roasty, but we dialed it back. Um, let a little bit more of those chocolate malts come through. Um, this is one of those ones where we're looking going into springtime that, that people can have maybe more than one or two glasses and sit back and enjoy it. Um, but but I, I really think that this one we, we nailed pretty well on, and, and I'm super excited to get the feedback on it. And uh, obviously, there's always room for improvement. I like seeing what we can do with it, but um, it's been my new favorite beer on, on the wall right now. So it was an easy choice to go to it. And um, try to turn it down. Do, you, do you use any wheat malts in this one? Uh, no wheat. Um, okay. No. no. Um, we use a little bit of Munich. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, there was no no wheat malt to speak of in this one. Yeah, because uh, quite a few of this is this dark wheat malts are pretty popular. That's why I ask. Yeah. My barley wine here. Cheers. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think? It's it's very barley wine ish, and it is definitely not American version. It uh, doesn't have the hop bite that they have here. This is really mellow and dangerous, okay? Numbers on barley wine, 10.6, yeah. Yeah, so it, it's very dangerous beer, okay? I yeah. take my driver when I come here and drink that one. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's it, it really, it, it has a very complex flavor profile. It has everything there. And at the end, you have the hop bite, but it's not too strong. So I would say this is more English than American because of that and and i i really do like i emphasize that complexity it has all kinds of things in there you you taste it cold is one thing you taste it warm it's another thing it, it's alive almost when you drink it yeah and, and, and as i say i really like the look of the color it's almost like a cherry mahogany or that kind of there yeah look at that that looks really nice yeah very good mm -hmm. so um i really feel honored to be able to taste this beer which has come and gone are you going to make it again absolutely yeah we're actually looking at getting going again on it here probably uh later next month is when we're going to be able to squeeze it in and then it'll be ready again hopefully to start sampling by december november somewhere in there um but but one of those things where we're looking at getting some light some light options up there as well for the spring and then fitting in those ones that we can age for a little bit uh, one of the things I'd like to do is start doing a little bit more barrel aging. We had oak spirals with it a little bit, which you get a little bit of flavor off of, but I really want to make it a little bit more of a fuller experience. So hopefully with this next version, we can do a little bit more bourbon barrel, that type of thing to kind of make it a little bit more intriguing as well. Yeah. Phil, when you taste it, what's your uh, opinion on the body of the beer? 
very right which it's is not that right. heavy did you say this was a russian imperial it is okay yep. well then it's a very light russian yeah yeah it's yeah. a russian uh -huh. hasn't been eating his borscht sounds yeah. better already yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it uh, i mean this is this is almost uh, i can see why you put it into a pint can because you can definitely <laughs> have a pint of this the fact that it's 10.2 and it sneaks up on you well that's another issue but you know it's not heavy so this is a great beer, and I this is a beer also that I would like to drink in the uh, summer when I want to change up from the lighter beers, which most people typically drink, you know. And now I wanted to change up from the heavier beers to the lighter beers, so I was going with, uh, you know, some of the lighter pilsners uh, uh, as well. So yeah, Phil, I would say also I can recommend it as a nightcap after you had good dinner and sat down for a while. <laughs> it's perfect nightcap. You don't know anything until it's seven o'clock next morning, you know? Yeah. <laughs> wow. I got a few hours to go before that. So. Oh, yeah. I know. Me too. Well, um, I really appreciate the time you spent with us. Uh, can you tell us, and also hopefully people in Idaho are going to watch this, tell us exactly where you are. And, uh, and then also, at the, do you have a beer fridge that's in the brewery area? Um, we don't have necessarily a beer fridge that's in our area. Um, it's a uh, uh, couple walking coolers. We're pretty pretty bare bones around here. Uh, but but I, I was going to say, um, are you able to pick up the laptop and show me the tap room? I think we can do that. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Cool. Do that first, so, and then we'll, we'll finish yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. yeah, go ahead. You can so, do all it. All right, cool. Oh, this we'll kind of do I like a 360 here. Yeah. We're, we're off on so, a tour now. A little bit of bulk grain storage. And kind of come around. We've got uh, the first walk-in cooler coming over to our tap line. Say hi, Tom. Hey. <laughs> um, we've got kind of our second walk-in back over here. Two roll-up doors. We've got roll-up doors on the opposite side. And then as I swing it, um, yeah, I've got my brew house on this side over here. So everybody gets to walk in and check out everything right up close so i get to talk to people in person and as they come in and drink right next to me it's kind of a kind of a cool little deal um that's great i know you open now i saw people in there so i'm assuming yep, yep. you are yeah they open. and is what's the weather like out there today because we've got 18 degrees here in Chicago. 41 degrees and a little misty <laughs> yeah it's been a little snow rain mixed sleet type thing but it snow doesn't doesn't stay that's my point yeah lovely a little misty i thought you were talking about your eyes after that <laughs> after that beer you're drinking <laughs> well we can do this again in about six hours then you can see that <laughs> all right well hey thank you very much indeed i'm going to enjoy the rest of my delicious russian imperial vanilla stout which I would recommend that you put into cans and distribute this way because it will be a winner. Oh, I never asked you, are you distributing by any chance? Um, not a whole lot. We've been doing more keg sales than anything. We, we just don't have quite the capacity yet to do can and bottle sales yet. Um, but we are getting into the market 
some of the other um, pubs and, and tap houses, things that nature, we are getting kegs out. Um, next up, we'll be eventually getting a canning line or a bottling line. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I always appreciate getting beers from Mark, especially from the great state of Idaho, which yeah. I have to admit most people would not think of as a center of brewing expertise, but That's I have right. been converted. I tell you, it's... <laughs> It's, it's a great place. He's convinced me. I just got to get out of this COVID thing and come on up there. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, I raised my glasses. Can you guys get a nice clang together with a cheers? Beautiful. Cheers to you. Yeah. Thank you very much, Sean. Thanks, Mark. Let's go. Thank you for your time. Brewery. All right. See ya. Cheers. <laughs>